0: the North Gauteng High Court has um, uh, has reviewed and set aside the findings of the Sariti Commission. Now the commission which cost the taxpayer about 140 million rand um, had its findings set aside and civil organisations Right to Know and Corruption Watch argued that Judge Willie Sariti's 2016 findings had actually misled the public by exonerating politicians and public servants in any wrongdoing during the arms deal saga. Uh, right to know says that it believes that uh, the commission was selective in choosing who would testify or present evidence, and handing down judgment, uh, Judge uh, Judge President Dustin and Mlambo said that uh, the commission failed to probe certain pieces of crucial evidence. And here's Judge Mlambo handing down that judgment.
1: The commission failed manifestly to inquire into key issues, as is to be expected of a reasonable commission. It refused to admit critical reports, such as the DP report, at best for it on the basis of a clearly inaccurate understanding of the law of privilege. It accepted facts as common cause when a reasonable commission would have probed the evidence in order to test the veracity of the evidence from what were referred to as non-critical witnesses. It refused to examine the proceedings of the Shabir Sheikh trial. On the inexplicable basis that somehow the record of that trial was not relevant to the fundamental nature of the Commission's inquiry, at best for the Commission, it failed to appreciate that the rules of evidence and procedure of a Commission are considerably less strict than those of a court. Whereas a court of law is bound by the rules of evidence and pleadings, a Commission is not so bound. It may inform itself of facts in any way it pleases, including the hearsay evidence, newspaper reports, or representations of submissions without sworn evidence. Commissions are designed to allow an investigation which goes beyond what, may be, what might be permitted in a court. We assert that courts must be cautious before exercising a power of review over the proceedings of a commission. To exercise the review power in an overzealous fashion would be to subvert the flexible nature of a commission's choice of procedure and constrain many decisions that the commission must make along the way to its ultimate findings. However, where the uncontested evidence reveals so manifest a set of errors of law, a clear failure to test evidence of key witnesses, a refusal to take account of documentary evidence which contained the most serious allegations which were relevant to its inquiry, the principle of legality dictates only one conclusion, that the findings of such a commission must be set aside. Cost. Mr. Budlander submitted that as this application had been opposed by the fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh respondents, albeit that they withdrew their opposition when the time came for them to file answering affidavits, justified an order of cost in favor of the applicant. He contended that the initial opposition from the respondents was sufficient to justify such an award. In our view, an award of cost can be justified in this dispute until such time as the respondents withdrew their opposition to the relief source. Accordingly, the following order is made. The findings of first respondent issued and published in a report released to the fifth respondent on 30 December 2015 and made available to the public on 21 April 2016 are hereby reviewed and set aside. Fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh respondents are ordered to pay the costs of the applicants, including the cost of three councils, which were incurred until the withdrawal of the fourth to seventh respondents of their opposition to the application. I hand down the judgment
0: And uh, that was uh, Judge President Dunstan Mlambo handing down the judgment in the North Hateng High Court in Pretoria. Now, respondents cited in the court papers included President Jacob Zuma, uh, the commissioners, uh, the Minister of Justice, Defence and uh, Ministers of Justice, Defence and Trade and Industry. So for reaction to this judgment, join on the line now by Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services spokesperson Crispin Peary. Thanks for your time this afternoon, Mr Peary.
2: Thank you and good afternoon to your listeners.
0: So let's get your initial reaction. What's the department's reaction to this ruling?
2: Um, as you would have heard, right towards the end of Judge Lambo's ruling, he did say that the department had withdrawn its opposition to the application by the applicant, which essentially means that we abide by the decision of the court, we welcome it, and, and we'll look to see how we can implement this decision where we are required to implement um, the, the findings of this court.
0: Once again, it comes at a cost to the taxpayer and, um, you know, one would have to ask then, on what basis uh, were the department actually joining in on this action to begin with?
2: Well, when when we had come in um, as, as this ministry, one of the things that we had seen was that it may not have been in the public interest um, to continue opposing the matter um, because that would have escalated the cost even more. So On the contrary, I think us withdrawing the the decision to oppose the matter actually has saved um, the entire administration a considerable amount of money, but also it's in the interest of justice to ensure that we abide by a decision of a court on matters like this and ensure that at least further commissions that we do embark on, we are able to ensure that they do comply with the prescripts that this court has outlined in its judgment today.
0: And I get that, but what I'm trying to gauge is what was uh, your opposition in the first instance uh, to this application when it was brought to the courts uh, for having the the findings of the Sariti Commission set aside?
2: And I'm saying, unfortunately, I'm not in a position to fully answer for the decisions of the previous um, administration. But one thing that we did see is that if we had continued, it would not be in the interest of justice. Or in the in the interest of the administration of justice, or also in the public interest, to continue opposing um, the the application. Remember also, but how can
0: you say that if you law, don't know what you were opposing?
2: So, but remember also, in law, the fact that we have a commission, um, the commission's assists us to establish a certain certain facts and help the government reach a certain decision informed by a certain set of facts. In the event that the Commission has not fulfilled the natural, um, the natural law or has not fulfilled its obligations by ensuring that its processes comply with facts and comply with the law, it would not be prudent to to oppose such an application. Um, uh, so that's, that's the basis of us withdrawing. But most importantly, what we're able to say now is that we are in a position to comply with the decision of the court, and that's what we will do moving forward.
0: So just to bottom line it, essentially what you're saying to me, Mr. Peary, is that you cannot speak for what the previous administration had done and therefore we almost need to look at this as two separate entities as opposed to looking at it as one department that had taken action and then decided against it.
2: Essentially what we're saying is when we came and saw the facts as they are, we realized that it would not be in the interest of justice to continue opposing Application.
0: Mr. Chrisman Piri, thanks for your time. And that's a spokesperson for the Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services. We're joined on the line now by Corruption Watch's lawyer Caroline James. Uh, Corruption Watch, uh, one of the applicants uh, who, together with Right to Know, uh, requested the High Court in Pretoria to review and set aside the findings of the Seriti Commission. Thanks for your time this afternoon, uh, Ms. James. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So, your initial reaction to this judgment? We're very excited by the judgment.
3: I think it's a very important one for the country and for for the continent as a whole. The Judge President made it clear that this is the first time in South Africa and on the African continent that the the Commission of Inquiry is being reviewed and having its findings set aside.
0: So what does this actually mean, um, you know, regarding uh, the work that went into the Sariti Commission? The, The effect of the judgment
3: is that the conduct of the Commission did not uh, accede to the principles of legality and rationality, which means that the findings of the Commission have been reviewed and set aside, which means that they can no longer be, be seen as accepted findings of the Commission. What that does does do is bring into question a lot of the conduct of the Commission and the evidence leaders that conducted the questioning and uh, sort of assessing the evidence in the commission. And so it does bring into question a lot of the the way in which the commission was conducted.
0: So where to from here for you in that regard, you know, in terms of questioning the conduct of uh, some of the people involved in the commission, one, and two, uh, given the enormous cost at which this has come to the South African taxpayer, where to from here? So Corruption
3: Watch got involved in this case and felt that it was an important application to bring because of the principle behind it. And the principle was whether commissions of inquiry could be subject to judicial review. And so our interest in the case is more broad, broader than just the It's looking towards the other commissions that are perhaps going on at at present in South Africa as well as future commissions of inquiry. And so for us, we certainly are not calling for a reopening of the commission into the arms deal, and we certainly don't have the mandate to either investigate or prosecute individuals that are involved in the corruption around the arms deal. That's for SACs and the NPA to, to assess the evidence and decide what they want to do. Obviously, the costs that this has caused to taxpayers in the country is deeply disturbing, which is why Corruption Watch felt it was so important to challenge the the integrity of the findings of the commission, to ensure that it wasn't seen as a whitewash. Unfortunately, there is nothing we can do about the money that has been spent, but we believe that the future, in future commissions of inquiry, because they now know and understand they're being held to standards of legality and rationality, we believe that there should be no possibilities
0: of future whitewash commissions like this Armsteel Commission. Caroline James, thanks for your time uh, a lawyer for Corruption Watch we join now uh, by the Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure Patricia DeLille uh, also the founder of uh, Good and I uh, believe uh, we are still struggling to get hold of Patricia DeLille we will come back to her and uh, to get her view on this particular matter uh, so if you remember uh, that uh, Patricia DeLille of course very instrumental in uh, bringing the whole issue around Uh, the corruption in the arms deal to the fore in Parliament. All right, uh, as we try and get hold of Patricia DeLille, uh, let's move on. And uh, we now have uh, Dr. Dale McKinley on the line, uh, independent writer and researcher as well as a political activist. Thanks for your time this afternoon and welcome to Update at Noon.
4: Thanks, Akina, and to your listeners.
0: So I've been asking everybody to give me their initial reaction to this judgment. Did you expect it?
4: Absolutely, uh, when as a right to know campaign, I think, as people know, with the corruption watch uh, filed the initial review application in two thousand and sixteen, we were convinced that this was just a matter of time uh, it's taken unfortunately over three years to happen, but uh it's it's the most rational decision i mean no i don't think any rational person who looks at the evidence, who looked at what the ceriti Commission uh, did or didn't do in this case mostly uh would would come to any different kind of conclusion that the the judges came to. So yes, we are. I think most people are are probably saying this is exactly what should have happened, it should have happened a long time ago. I think the question that you are asking, um, and it definitely needs to be addressed, is what can be done to prevent these kinds of things and how are people going to be held responsible, because otherwise it's simply just a legal ruling that we can celebrate, but it doesn't have much impact.
0: So, if we look at the Sariti Commission and uh, its findings in the end, what would you say stands out most glaringly as, you know, some of what went wrong in this particular commission? It was a complete
4: and utter whitewash. If one looks at, in in fact, um, as the court papers pointed out, there were over four million pieces of information. The commission didn't even look at a quarter of those. Uh, It didn't even question some of the key witnesses like Fanny Chawana and uh, some of the ministers, they were basically given carte blanche to say what they wanted to say and get away with. There was no uh, no investigation that was really conducted into any of the, uh, the tales, uh, bribery story, uh, the CSF story. Um, you could name a whole range of other kinds of, of instances where there was evidence, concrete evidence, and it was simply ignored. So, I think the fundamental lesson here is that commissions of inquiry, unless they are are, are backed by political will, to act. Uh, they, they essentially they can become uh, whitewashes and what Suriki did and several other commissions besides the Arms Deal Commission over the last 10 or 15 years have, have resulted more or less in the same kind of thing we can think of the Zimbabwe Income Pen Bank Commission and so forth and massive waste of public expenditure
0: So, so again what does this mean for the future of uh, commissions of inquiry going forward because as you point out uh, it would seem that people don't think they are effective in fulfilling the sort of mandates that one would hope they would. So what do we do going forward?
4: We change the law Um, and and I think this is very, very clear and it hasn't been grasped by the politicians yet. The, The law that governs the Commission's Act is an apartheid piece of legislation. It's outdated. It gives power, all power to the executive basically to decide uh, the framing of the, the commissions, for example, whether it was the Farnham commission or otherwise. What we need is we need a parliamentary led process, a much more transparent, independent process which, in which commissions of inquiry have powers to basically make findings and and, and possibly even binding findings or these findings that need to be acted upon as opposed to simply recommendations that can be ignored at the will of the president. So essentially we need to change our law to make sure that when we have commissions, they're able to do the job and that people are held responsible. If we don't do that, we're going to have the same thing happening again and again.
0: So what's likely to be the next step in trying to get to the bottom of the truth regarding the arms deal? Well, that's an interesting
4: question. I I mean, the question is, does does, uh, President Sorano Poza and his new administration have the political will to to go after this? Um, It doesn't matter whether it happened 10, 15, 20 years ago. People need to be held responsible. Public monies were misspent, uh, abused, and uh, everybody from the ex-president on downwards is implicated potentially. So I think it's a question of giving the prosecutorial authorities the, the evidence it 's all there. Let them uh, do their due diligence and investigations, and let them come with cases that are that are um, I think tight as well as as uh, based upon that evidence. If we can see these i think if South Africans can see that something is happening on that front then they'll be, they'll, they'll begin to have faith in our institutions again. If we see the politicians and others saying well let's just let you know uh, sleeping dogs lie, and 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 let's just leave this aside. Then we'll feel that the impunity can, continues to exist, and we'll lose faith in these institutions, not just the commissions but others as well.
0: And just finally, uh, just looking at some of the comments uh, that people are sending through on social media, uh, people opining, of course, uh, on how this actually impugns uh, the integrity of Judge Sariti himself. So, what would you say in that regard? You know, what does that say about him as the person? who headed up this particular commission. Does it say anything about him at all?
4: It does indeed. Um, I, it's, it, it basically, I think, tells us that uh, he was politically bought, uh, that essentially he was put into a position and uh, essentially did what he was told to do, or at least uh, if he wasn't told to do it, at least insinuated, which was essentially, don't do your job, uh, just string this out as long as possible. And as, as, a, as a sworn you know, uh, officer of the courts and as, as someone the judge, he should be ashamed of himself. Um, for allowing these kinds of things to happen, it would be like a lawyer ignoring evidence in front of him and, and basically not doing his job or her job in this case. And I think in this case we must hold judges as well to account, and we must hold—you know—they—they have—they must implement the law and they must follow the law. They must follow the principles under which they they, they took that oath. And uh, I don't think in this case—I think most people would agree that Siriki, uh miserably failed to 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 do that.
0: Dale McKinley, thanks so much for your time. Dr. Dale McKinley is an independent writer and researcher and political activist. And uh, we did try to get comment from the presidency as well. Uh, We've been unable to uh, get any joy. Also still trying with uh, Patricia Dalil. We'll keep trying all these avenues as everybody reacts uh, to that judgment that was handed down earlier today.